This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to the Danny Mac Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Thank you for giving me some time. I'm Dan McNeil, and it's the Danny Mac Podcast on the Bet Rivers Podcast Network. It feels like football season today in Northwest Indiana, in Chicagoland, quite a precipitous temperature drop. So let's talk some football, shall we? Not that I needed uh, a weather change to do that because. We are inching our way toward training camp, and there still is a lot of business yet to be done on 32 NFL rosters. And right now, the NFL's reigning rushing champ, Josh Jacobs of the Las Vegas Raiders, is suggesting he's not warming up to the franchise tag, and you understand why the Raiders slapped it on him. I don't like the franchise tag. I don't think teams like it, even though it's to their advantage in many cases, especially with a high-risk position like running back. But uh, it's not someplace you want to be if you're a running back or if you're a wide receiver. Some cases, it's timely, and you get the average salary of the top five at the position, and you clearly aren't as good as they are but you, the timing is good for you. So for one year, you are overpaid. Um, Josh Jacobs is the NFL's rushing champ. He, he led the league in rushing last year, and he carried the ball 340 times. There are very few guys in this NFL who are asked to carry the ball 300 times or more, and you can combine touches with that and say, okay, 400 touches. The combination carries and receptions for running backs who make a difference in the NFL. And Jacobs did to a degree. Derek Carr was his quarterback. Derek Carr doesn't go to playoff games very often. He's been to one and he lost it against the Bengals two years ago. But uh, I I think that um, this is an unfortunate situation. And Jacobs is threatening to blaze the trail for those who come up behind him. Maybe threaten is a strong verb there. He has said, uh, he tweeted something Saturday about I'm going to make my decision based on all those who follow me. And those those who follow him being future running backs who are going to continue to be victims in this NFL of oppression of the position, and that's the accurate way of describing it because running backs takes, take the most abuse. They're rarely given lucrative second-year contracts, and even some of the best who've ever played the game, like Adrian Peterson in recent memory, have to spend the last few years of their career going on tour and uh, taking a one-year deal in this city, that city, and just playing out the string as long as their body can take it. 
and that's unfortunate, but that's the way business has gone. It's a throw it more than pass, the more than run it league, and it has been for 20 plus years now. And running backs have been devalued. I accept this, but I also want to join in the fight to some weird degree uh, the best I can because I respect the position a lot more than most guys who flap their gums for or tap on keys uh, to earn a living have done over the years. Such a short shelf life for this position. And Jacobs has been in the league for four years. He has stayed healthy for the most part. He was terrific last year for Las Vegas. And I don't think there's any question he should be in the top five paid guys in the league. He's a workhorse. There aren't many of those. Guys who can handle touching the football 20 times a game, Derrick Henry, people like that. I don't think Christian McCaffrey is is in that class anymore. And McCaffrey, one of the higher paid guys in the league, the dude in uh, in Cleveland, Chubb, is uh, Nick Chubb uh, among the higher paid guys in the league at the position. He is a volume running back, but there aren't a ton of them. And it's unfortunate there hasn't been a, a more reasonable solution proposed for this problem. A union within a union, as I have suggested, the Players Association maybe can take something Chris Sims recently said on a pro football talk uh, podcast with Mike Florio about a pool, a play, a league wide pool that's taken. And I didn't know this existed for lower salaried players in the league based on playing time. Uh, a cat in Philadelphia last year, a, a younger player, Epps, the last name, not Omar Epps, not, not, not Kenny Epps either or Philip Epps, the former Green Bay receiver. He's a, he plays safety, and he logged a heavy volume of, of snaps last year, and he earned almost a million dollars for a, a league-wide fund to boost the salaries, to boost the earnings of guys who don't make a lot of money. And Sims suggested they do the same thing at the running back position. I would be all for that, because in your first contract, unless you're a high-round pick, unless you're one of the first couple of guys taking it, the, the two guys who were chosen in the first round this year in the top 12 picks, um, you're not going to see huge money in that first deal. They don't want you to, in most cases, to have a second contract with them. Look at David Montgomery of the Bears, now with Detroit. Khalil Herbert, you'll do just fine. Roshan Johnson, the rookie fourth-round pick out of Texas. They will piecemeal their backfield to augment their offense, which is success is predicated solely on Justin Fields. Right now, anyway. I always have regarded the workhorse running back, the offensive heroes in pro football. And in the last 20 years or so, there are very few guys who find themselves in the NFL's list of the top 25 carries of all time in uh, in a season. Larry Johnson is is on that list. You've got the monster down in Tennessee, Derrick Henry on the list. DeMarco Murray of the Cowboys a few years ago 
those are top 25 historically in a season, but many of the, you got to go way, way, way back. And Eric Dickerson, by the way, for all the people who thought Eric Dickerson was soft, look at some of these numbers. His, his name appears more than any other in the top 25 single season uh, for attempts four times in the top 25. It's crazy how many times he touched the football for the old LA Rams. He took some beatings too, and he ran straight up. But I I feel for Josh Jacobs, and I'm rooting for Josh Jacobs to do the right thing. And I don't even know what that is. If he were to forfeit the season, if that's what he's going to do, if he's going to be the sacrificial lamb, a martyr, and sit out to draw attention to this inequity in the system, what does that do for the guys behind him? Is is that is that going what what is going to be the end result? And is it going to be worth it for for Jacobs? Is that's money he never will earn again. He's going to make more than 10 million dollars by signing that franchise tag. Ultimately, he's going to do that. They've got until the middle of next month, till the middle of July to get a new deal worked out. I don't know why the Raiders would be of the mindset to do that. It's just not good business. Very few guys are going to get those deals. And, you know, the Saquon Barkley's of the world. And Barkley is one of the few guys who has managed to come back from a horrific knee injury and perform at a very high level shortly thereafter. He has proven himself to be okay and still as explosive as he was in those first two seasons with the Giants. The big money first happened in the first part of this millennium when LaDainian Tomlinson and Sean Alexander, Tomlinson with the Chargers, Alexander with the Seahawks. Alexander had that MVP season of 0-5 when I think he scored 27 touchdowns, and he cashed a huge payday and didn't do dick afterward. He was stuck in mud. He did nothing after that big contract. And I don't know if that's what paved the way. I doubt it because there've been guys at other positions who got hugely paid. And that hasn't stopped escalating quarterback salaries for Christ's sake. Has it? I mean, you look at the guys, we always think of Scott Mitchell who got a big deal with the lions after a very short stint as a dolphin and more recently, Matt Flynn getting a deal with Seattle after filling in for Aaron Rodgers for a little while with the Packers. I I I, I don't know if there is a simple I, – I guess there is no solution, but I'm looking forward to seeing more ideas thrown out there and seeing – this inequity rectified because I, I just, I just, it's just not right to me. And I, I would, I would love to see guys continue to, to give a hundred percent. And if you don't give a hundred percent as a running back, man, you're just, you, you're shit out of luck more than at any other position. You, you, you have to give 100%. Like when Barry Sanders retired and people said he left his team hanging it's right before the draft. If you're not committed as a football player, and it was an organizational thing with Sanders, with the Lions, it's a tough sport to fake it in. It's it's very difficult to fake it in football. And if you're a running back, you better be ready, and you better be, you better get your ass in the weight room. Guys who come back from knee injuries, 
there, there's very few of them like Barkley or Adrian Peterson of the Vikings who blew out an ACL and in the very next season came close to breaking Dickerson's single season record for rushing yards. That is one of the craziest stats. Man, I think he was eight yards short of the record. Ten months after the ACL reconstruct and at the end of his career, and there were mitigating circumstances. There was the child abuse, which stained him. Some teams wanted nothing to do with Peterson because of him admitting to hitting his son with a switch because that's how he learned it. And I wonder how many people in America would suffer if it were known that they too used the switch or something like it to discipline their children. I don't think that makes Adrian Peterson an evil man. I think it it, it means he didn't unlearn some things he was taught. And I, I don't want to get into parenting. It's Father's Day week. I'll save that for later in the week. I'm sure of that. But what Peterson did coming back off that ACL reconstruct is one of the greatest stories to me in NFL history. And you look at DeMarco Murray of the Cowboys, who was shown the door right at the end of his first deal. They weren't going to wait for a fifth year. Get out of here. Thank you. Thank you for leading the NFL in rushing. Thank you for leading the NFL in attempts. At least one of his four years in Dallas. It might have been two. And uh, on your way. And he never really was the same player afterward. He didn't click with the Philadelphia offense and later with the Titans the way he had with Dallas. I wish Josh Jacobs the best. I, I'm i eager to see how this plays out, and I'm eager to see if Chris Sims gets any traction with his league-wide fund for underpaid running backs. It's an idea, okay? So you might say that sounds silly. It, it sounds minorly okay, but I'm just thinking of some creative way to get these abused athletes the type of money they should get for playing the highest risk position in professional football, maybe in sports. Your body just takes a beating and you are kicked to the curb like a fungible piece of equipment. You are, you have a brain, you have thoughts and emotions, feelings, but you are, you are not all that dissimilar from shoulder pads and helmets when you play running back. Good luck to Josh Jacobs. There was baseball on the south side of town over the weekend. I'm Dan McNeil, and you're listening to the Danny Mac Podcast on the Bet Rivers Podcast Network. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe if you've not done so already. You can do it anywhere you get your podcast, and tell a friend. The Macker isn't done sharing his deep sports thoughts with you. You can find me twice a week. Typically on Monday late mornings we drop, and then again later in the week on Thursday. I'm Dan McNeil, and I am not finished saying things about stuff. The White Sox are just one of those teams that can't handle prosperity. I noticed late last week they finally have scratched and clawed their way above the 500 mark at home, and then they have to lose Saturday and Sunday to the Marlins of all teams. Yes, indeed, the White Sox still are scuffling. 
They're nine games below the 500 mark, and because the Twins were bad over the weekend as well, the White Sox still are very much alive in the American League Central. The Minnesota Twins lead the frickin' division with a record of 33-33. and 33. <laughs> 500 baseball gets you the AL Central crown. So White Sox fans are saying, well, why would you back up the truck? Because they're no damn good. Because this team has too many DHs. Because only Luis Robert Jr. shows up every day and hits and entertains. And he did it again yesterday. He had two extra base hits, including his 15th home run of the year, as they lost the finale of the series six to five. Robert can jack. He is fun to watch. He's a good defensive player. He's a decent athlete. He runs the bases okay for a large mammal, but he can rake. And that's all they got. The rest of that lineup is dreadful. I am tired of the same old record. I'm tired of of talking about it to a large degree. I'm glad I don't have to spend money on going to the ballpark, invested as I was years ago as a semi see uh, as a season ticket holder who shared tickets with other people and committed to 10, 12, 15 games a year. Not a chance, especially at today's prices for this outfit, which has done it again. It has assembled a roster full of sluggers. It's a softball team every year. Rick Hahn has done it every year. It's 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 Adam Don and you know and Jake Berger too. It, it, he can hit too, and he's but they're all the same guy. You're Andrew Vaughn's and your uh, Jimenez, just slugger after slugger after slugger. Now they finally moved out Jose Abreu, who was a, a a spiritual leader in that clubhouse, and I don't think that's overstating it. But he's the same guy, first base if anything, and wasn't a terrible first baseman, but they're all DHs. They got nothing but DHs on that roster. Luis Robert Jr. actually can run a little bit playing center field, and he's fun to watch. But my feelings have not changed as they wallow nine games below the 500 mark today on the 12th of June. Back up the truck. Get rid of anybody and everybody if if the deal is attractive enough. Robert's been the only guy I wouldn't be in a hurry to listen to conversation about because he shows up and gets it done. Eloy Jimenez hurt too often. The rest, you know, Dylan Cease, flaky. Same thing with Kopech. When they're on, they're amazing. Among the best pitchers in baseball, when they're on, Cease was really good last year. Not been the same guy this year. The middle of the bullpen has been okay for the White Sox. I think that's where you have to say they've been all right this year uh, from a pitching standpoint. But, you know, if you can get whatever you can get for Lance Lynn at the deadline, you you punt on these guys, get rid of them. Luis Robert Jr., the only reason to go to a White Sox game these days. Yoan Moncada. Yoan Moncada, is to me, he is the poster boy for what's wrong with this White Sox team. And then I would put... Kopech is 1A. <laughs> it's uh, Moncada's hitting 231 after Sunday's loss. He went 0 for 4 Sunday. 231 with a 280 on base percentage. Your on base percentage is 280. He's hit three freaking home I get verklempt. Three home runs the entire year? Are you kidding? Three homers. 
for Yoan Moncada. He's driven in 13 runs. For those of you who still value the run driven in, call me a dinosaur if you will. I think runs matter. Runs help you win baseball games. So I, I, I have not waffled in the slightest on the White Sox. Back up the truck. Go ahead and, and, and move them all out. Move them out, move them out, way out. And as far as the Cubs are concerned, it's time for Dansby Swanson to pick it up and get back to the form he enjoyed in April when the season started well and they were practicing run prevention with the Cubs. They've not been doing a a good job of that lately. They've had really good efforts from their first and second starters, and they did get a near near no-hitter from Kyle Hendricks the other night, but uh, for the most part, their pitching staff has been really good up at the top, and that's about it. The bullpen has sucked, which is why you can't hold David Ross's feet to the fire like Cubs fans want you to. I don't think that's fair. Give any great, give any manager, I don't care how good he is, a shitty bullpen, and I'll show you a team with a crappy record when all is said and done. You can't be a good manager with a horseshit bullpen, and that's what Jed Hoyer and his underlings have given David Ross. They're terrible. Dansby Swanson, turn it up a little bit, fella. You're getting paid well. You're the face guy of this team now. Time to get back to 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 where you started this thing. And where he started it was very, very exciting. He and Ian have both, and now they both have fallen off the face of the earth. They've had terrible last 35-game records. They have just been awful um, offensively, providing no jump for that Cubs offense and the Cubs also nine games below 500 mark. We have consistency, don't we? We have one team that was expected to win nine games below 500. One game, one team that was expected to be improving and it has, but it's fallen back to saying, well, what are we really at nine games below the 500 mark? Probably about what you would have expected. But after the start, especially from the two big guns, Swanson and Hap, you would have expected more at this point. It likely will end tonight in Denver. The Denver Nuggets are about to become the NBA's champions. Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic, uh, this table is, is reserved for you. It's been a great run, even though America isn't paying attention because neither one of you is Steph Curry or LeBron James. Love the way Denver has has played this postseason. They're an exciting team, even though they don't have the uh, the name recognition. They they don't have a ton of endorsements. They they play in Denver, which really is 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 a cow town with the Rocky Mountains as a backdrop. If they were in New York, they would be enormous. Those two, Murray and Jokic. Um, so good luck to the Denver Nuggets tonight, and uh, I hope you have a great week. I'm going to open up the mailbag later in this week and also do some Father's Day hooks. Several different Father's Day angles I will present, including what's the number one father-son power combo in American sports today? I'll talk about that on Thursday's podcast as well as is what my dad did best for me and what I have tried to pass along to my three sons and uh, my daughter-in-law. 
uh, as I get ready for uh, for Father's Day this weekend. Have a great week. I'll be back in a couple of days. Adam Delavitt is the big boss man at the Bet Rivers Podcast Network. Sam Michael is my executive producer. Thank you for listening. I'll be back Thursday. I'm Dan McNeil. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Danny Mac Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network.